This podcast is a production of the Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, a place where real people meet a real God to live in a real world. For more information, visit our website at www.communitycovenant.net. Again, the scripture this morning is from John chapter 6, verses 35 through 40. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. As many of you know, Lori and I used to lead teams um, to do short-term missions in Romania. In fact, Lori and I led uh, teams 10 years in a row, be anywhere for two to three weeks. Um, We were there 10 times together. Uh, I made two additional trips, so in a period of about 10 years uh, we made together 10 trips. I made 12. And one of the things I enjoyed about those years was uh, learning about uh, the customs of people from a different country. And growing up in America, I never understood the significance or the importance of uh, how people in other parts of the world uh, rely on bread as a source of nutrition. Now, growing up, uh, if you were in my generation, or maybe a little bit older, you might remember uh, Wonder Bread. Remember, it came in that, that white packaging with the little polka dots. And you remember what they claimed? It helped grow bodies, what? Strong at 12 ways. Okay, that's why it was such a wonder. It was Wonder Bread. And of course, it was just old white bread. Of course, in those days, that's all there was. Uh, you know, multi-grain bread and, and darker colors of bread, wheat bread. Never heard of such a thing. And uh, in Romania, we learned that every morning started with bread. Bread was a staple. In fact, every meal, uh, the, the larger meal of the day was uh, in the afternoon. And in the evening was more soup, a lighter meal. But again, there was bread. And so I never realized uh, how important and what a staple bread uh, is um, to people and their diets in other parts of the world. And so when we would go to Romania, we would lead and help lead a youth camp. And the youth camp would be in the uh, a beautiful alpine valley of the Transylvania, a Carpathian Mountains in Transylvania. Okay, Kind of an exotic place. Beautiful place. But in the morning... All the kids would be gathered around the tables and the, and the camp counselors, and they would bring out this wonderful bread. I mean, it had a, a, a crust on it, and then inside it was just soft and so delicious. And every morning we looked forward uh, to that bread. Uh, in fact, uh, sometimes uh, they would run out of it. Because it came every day, uh, the camp director would drive into the village 
and he would get this bread. But sometimes he would drive in and they'd be out. And so they had some older bread that they would keep in a, in a freezer. And when the fresh bread wasn't available, you'd get the older bread. But man, what a difference. It almost made it so you didn't want to eat that old refrigerated bread that had been thawed out because you'd had the fresh stuff, the really good stuff. And so we're eating and we're just talking about how delicious the bread is and we're making a big deal out of it. And there was a boy and he says, you think this bread is good? You ought to taste the bread that my father makes. It's the best bread in the region. I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, after camp, I'll talk to my dad and maybe you can come to our house and you can taste some of it. And so sure enough, after camp, we went back to the main town where all the kids were from. And um, we were invited uh, to the young man's house. And it turns out that his father is a baker. And in their house, there is an old oven, brick oven. What's that, Larry? hundred years old. And uh, it was, his father was a baker, and his grandfather was a baker, and they had used this brick oven to bake bread for a hundred years in the family. And in fact, what he said was true. Uh, restaurants, the nicer restaurants and the hotels, all through the region, they all got their bread from this family bakery. And so they put out a spread in their backyard, and there were all kinds of different baked items and breads, and we sat and we enjoyed it. And to this day, it is the finest bread uh, that I've ever tasted. And uh, it's a bread that is renowned throughout that region. It is a bread, the recipe of which was passed down from generation to generation to generation. And I imagine now that that young man is probably the next generation of, uh, of Baker in his family. So I really learned what good bread is. And uh, today in our passage, the children of Israel are reflecting on bread. They're reflecting on an event that took place uh, during the exodus from Egypt, uh, an event in which the Lord supplied manna for them from heaven to eat. Do you remember that? Chapter 6 of John's Gospel actually begins at the time of the Passover festival. And Jesus, as He taught, He often used the festivals uh, as uh, object lessons that pointed to Himself. Uh, he does that with a festival of lights, right? He says, I'm the light of the world. Uh, here, during the time of the Passover, he is going to refer to himself as the bread, right? The bread. I am the bread. I am the bread of life, right? Verse 35, whoever comes to me will never go hungry. and Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Well, you might recall back in John chapter 4 what had happened. He'd had an encounter with a woman at the well, hadn't he? And he had talked about living water. And so here 
in our passage this morning, he's kind of bringing the two things together. He says, I'm the bread of life. You're never going to go hungry, right? And you will never be thirsty. So he's tying together the two things that, that he had taught. But in this passage in particular, Jesus had just finished feeding the 5,000. He took the loaves and he took the fishes and he multiplied them. And uh, the people uh, were, were so... Uh, enamored with him, they were drawn to him, they wanted to be around him, that literally he had to leave the area to try to get away from them. And so he does that, and he goes over to Capernaum, and it's there that this uh, conversation is happening with disciples and followers. And the significance is this. You might recall that as the Lord provided the manna, He gave them specific instructions in the Exodus. And He said, you know, you're to take only what you need for today, and I will supply your need daily. So it's like, give us this day our daily bread. Lord, we're going to trust You for our daily provision. But what did the people do? They began to take the manna, and they began to store it, to put it in jars, and the manna got spoiled, and it got rotten. And it was no longer good for consumption. And you might recall in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 2 and 3, it reads this, Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness for these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart whether or not you would keep His commandments. He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manta, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that people do not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Okay? So because of that, the manna that the Lord fed them, was understood by rabbis and Jewish teachers literally to represent the wisdom of God, the Word of God. Okay, And what the Lord was doing is He was testing them to see whether or not they would obey the Word of God in the wilderness. Will they follow His instructions? Will they take only what they need for that day? Or will they disobey Him, which they did? Okay? This is really important to understanding the context of what Jesus is teaching here in John chapter 6. And so, Jesus feeds the 5,000. And then uh, the people follow Him. They find Him. And they begin to talk about what He did and who He is. And Jesus is making claims about Himself. And He's linking it back uh, to uh, the symbols of the Passover and he says to them, you know, you are just coming around here because uh, I fed you. And they said, yes, our Father fed us manna in the wilderness. God fed us manna in the wilderness, right? Moses led us. Manna was provided for us. And they say, what sign are you going to give us? Now, isn't that interesting? Because he had just fed the 5,000, hadn't he? And yet, so they're asking again. And, and that's the context of our passage this morning. And so, he says to them, I 
am the bread of life. Literally, I don't have to, to bring down manna from heaven. I am the manna from heaven. I am the promised one. I am the Messiah. I am the wisdom of God. I am the blessing of God for you. And in me is eternal life. Do you see the, the significance of all that? Of what's going on? That literally, the object of faith is Jesus. It's Jesus Himself. And that Jesus is the wisdom and life-sustaining presence of God that like manna, the bread of life, has come down from heaven. Now, in rabbinical teaching of that time, there were many teachers who associated the manna with the coming of the Messiah. And they believed that the manna originally came from heaven, from a, from a heavenly storehouse or, or treasury of God's provision from which the manna came. And they believed that a sign of the Messiah was this, that the Messiah would bring God's manna or provision for the people again. And so literally Jesus is saying, I am that provision. I am the one who has come down from heaven. I am the bread of life. Isn't that powerful? When you see that connection and how He used the, the Passover and the, and the Exodus to teach about Himself. So, in our study, the Divine Mentor, in chapter 8, it's called Fresh Bread. Fresh Bread. And the author, Wayne Cordero, begins with this verse from John. I am the bread of life. And quite literally, the bread of life as understood, Jesus, the Word incarnate, the living Word, the bread of life, is God's wisdom, God's spiritual nourishment through which people are made whole with God. And what Cordero says is that like the Israelites in the wilderness, God calls us to His nourishment daily. That we're to come to Him. And He wants to provide what we need to satisfy our spiritual thirst and our spiritual hunger. And Cordero says that what you and I need is fresh bread. We need a fresh encounter with the One who is the living Word, our divine mentor. We need to sit at His feet daily and we need to nourish ourselves with the One who is literally the bread of life. Now, in that chapter, chapter 8, and I hope you're following that uh, as you meet with your home groups, as you're reading individually, there are three points that he makes that I want to draw out today. Number one, the daily fresh bread reiterates his power and reminds us or reminds me of my frailty. When we have daily fresh bread, when we come and sit at the feet of Jesus, the one who is the bread of life, we are reminded of His power. We are reminded of He is the one whom God has sent to us. 
we are reminded that in His Word, there is life. That He is the one that can satisfy the deep longings of our life and our soul. But it also reminds you and me of our frailty. As I encounter Jesus in His Word, as I come to Him as the one who is the bread of life, the one who can sustain me, I recognize how dependent and how needy I really am. I recognize how frail I am and how much I need Him. In 2 Corinthians 4, chapter 7-9, through 9, Paul says it this way. He says, We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. In other words, Paul is saying, you know what? We are messengers of the Gospel. And we have this treasure in us. But we're such frail people. But why would God give us this message to take in the midst of our frailty? And he answers the question because it shows that the all-surpassing power is from God and not them. And then he goes on to say this, that we are hard-pressed on every side but not crushed, perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not abandoned, struck down and not destroyed. So at every place where he's frail, he encounters the power of God in his life. Do you see that? And it's the Lord who sustains him daily in order to take the Gospel out and to share that message. In chapter 8, Fresh Bread, Cordero refers to Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. The author of Hebrews writes, We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. One of the reasons that I need fresh bread, one of the reasons we come and sit at the feet of Jesus, the One who is the bread of life daily, is because you and I have a tendency to drift. And as we drift, it, it isn't all at once. It's very subtle. It's, it's incrementally. And, and before long, we notice how far we've drifted away. And when we come into the presence of the Lord, when we partake of that fresh bread. It keeps us from that incremental drift. Why do I need fresh bread? One, I need it frequently because I forget. I forget. Remember last week our passage in James? The one who hears the Word of God and does not do it is like the one who looks in the mirror and forgets the image they've just seen. We have a tendency to forget. And if we don't encounter fresh bread, if we, we don't sit at the feet of Jesus, if we don't go to His Word frequently, then we drift farther and farther and farther away from where we want to be and where God wants us to be. So the first reason is we need it frequently because we quickly forget. We need it daily. We need it daily. Because my soul is usually more connected to myself than to the sacred. Because my soul is normally more connected to myself, to the sacred. I'm thinking about myself. My focus is on myself. And that fresh bread reminds me 
of who the true source of life is. Who the one that can really nourish me is. The one that can satisfy the deepest longings of my soul. And so I need that daily to take my mind off myself and to help connect me with the sacred. The second thing that Cordero alludes to is this, that daily fresh bread enables how I live to match what I believe. How I live to match what I believe. We have a belief in the Lord. We believe in God's Word. We believe in the centrality of the Word of God. We believe that Jesus Christ is the living Word. He is the bread of life. We believe that. But when we encounter Him daily, when we partake of fresh bread, it enables us to live into what we believe. Because the Word of God, when it nourishes us daily, it informs how we live. It strengthens us and gives us the spiritual nourishment to live as God intends us to. And so we come to that, and it enables us to not only to profess what we believe, but to live what we believe. Now, you might remember in chapter 5, Jesus is having a, a conversation with the religious teachers. And He says, you search the Word of God daily because in it you think you find life, but you miss the point. You miss the very thing that they're speaking of. And of course, He's standing right in front of them. They had lots of information. They knew the Word of God. They, they had the Word. They had intellect. They had an intellectual understanding of God's Word. But there was a disconnect between what they knew the information, okay, and how they lived, how they appropriated that. And so with all that knowledge, they were still missing the point. In other words, their lives weren't consistent with what they professed to believe. In fact, Jesus tells the people, you need to obey the religious teachers because... They sit in the seat of Moses. Uh, they're teachers. They, they have authority. But don't do as they do. Okay? Don't follow their example. Because they don't live what they believe. They don't live it. And so, we need fresh bread daily. So how we live matches what we believe. 2 Timothy 3.16, Paul writes, All Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. All Scripture is God-breathed. Okay? And it's for us. For our edification. For building us up that we might be thoroughly equipped to live for God in the world. So here's the question. How will you and I live differently because of what God says to us in His Word? How will we live differently? Will our actions, will our lives match with what we profess to believe? That's the real question here. How will we live differently as a result 
of what we encounter in His Word. Will we submit to the Spirit of God? Will it transform us? Will it enable us to live powerfully for the Lord in the world? And so the first thing is daily bread reminds us of His power and reminds us of our frailty. Daily bread enables us to live what we believe. And the third one is this. Daily bread dares you and I to be desperate. Let me tell you what I mean by that. A fresh encounter with the living Lord daily reminds us of how desperate we really are. Of how much we really need Him. Of how much life is there for us to satisfy our spiritual hunger and our spiritual thirst. And I want to be in that place of desperation. I want to be in a place of dependence. I want to be in a place where I say, Lord, give me today my daily bread. Not only uh, in reality that I trust Him for the provision of my life, but spiritually speaking, for His wisdom and for His presence. That... I need that. I want that. I don't want to be dependent upon myself. I I don't want to hear the Word of God, but then move away from it, forgetting it and living in my own strength and my own power. I want to be desperate for that. I want to be so desperate that every morning I get up like I did in Romania, and I couldn't wait to get to that table to eat that fresh bread in the morning because it was so good and it was so nourishing and it satisfied me. But what will it take for us to get to that place where we recognize that everything else falls short? That what we really need is what God supplies for us. I love David's cry in Psalm 42.6. He says, Listen to my cry, for I am in desperate need. Are you in desperate need of the Lord today? And if you are, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. And if you're not, you should be. Wayne Cordero says this, When God is looking for receptacles of divine wisdom, He looks for PhDs. He looks for PhDs. Those who are poor, those who are hungry, and those who are desperate. So if you've come today and you're poor and you're hungry and you're desperate, you're the person that the Lord wants to pour His wisdom, His life into. Proverbs 8, verses 32-35. through 35. In this particular chapter, it's talking about wisdom. As if wisdom were a person, okay? God's wisdom. And this is what it says. It says, Now then, my children, listen to me. This is wisdom speaking. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Listen to my instruction and be wise and do not regard it. Man cannot live. Men and women cannot live by bread alone, but by what? Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. 
Proverbs, wisdom says, listen to my instruction and be wise. Do not disregard it. Blessed are those who listen to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway, for those who find me find life and receive favor from the Lord. And that's exactly what Jesus is saying in John chapter 6. He says, I'm the bread of life. If you come to me, you'll never hunger or thirst again. And literally, he's saying that I am the source of eternal life. I am the one. I am the focus. Come. Receive Me, the One who the Father sent. Partake of Me, and there you will find life. Eternal life. I don't know about you, but I need fresh bread. I need it daily. I need it to remind me of how powerful God is and and how frail I am and, and how much I need Him. I need it frequently because I forget. I need it daily because my soul is usually more connected to myself than to the sacred. I need daily fresh bread because it enables me to live what I believe. That I'm not just a hearer of the Word, a person that has lots of information in my head, but my life reflects what I believe. And finally, I need daily fresh bread because it dares me to be desperate. And that's where I want to be. Totally dependent on the Lord. Not only for my daily life, but for my eternal life. Because He's the source. Jesus is the manna. He is the living Word that's come from heaven. I don't know where you are this morning, but if you have never trusted Jesus Christ in your heart as your Savior and your Lord, if you've never come to a place in your life where you know I desperately need You, Jesus. I need the forgiveness of sin that You offer and I need the new life that You bring to those who trust in You. If you've never done that, today would be a wonderful day to do that. A prayer team's in the back. You can get up any time the remainder of the service. Go back and just have them pray with you to receive Him. And maybe some of you know Him and you've walked with Him for years, but you know, you've drifted. You've drifted. And there was a time in your life when you looked forward to encountering that fresh bread. But you know what? You've been eating stale and old bread. That refrigerated stuff. You've been seeking for other sources to satisfy your hunger and your longing in your life. Today would be a day that you could say, Jesus... I'm coming to You because I'm desperate for You. And everything else and everyone else has failed me. And I'm still hungry. And I'm still thirsty. But today, I recognize that You are the only One who can satisfy the deepest longings of my heart and my life. Today would be a wonderful day for you to recommit your life to Him. To come running to Him. To say, fill this earthen vessel 
with Your power in Your life, Jesus. And today could be a fresh beginning, a fresh encounter with fresh bread. Today you could do that as well. Again, the prayer team is back there. Uh, I'll be here after service. But let's not leave here. Let's not leave here without recognizing that you and I need fresh bread. We need a daily encounter with the One who is the bread of life. The One who promises to satisfy our spiritual hunger and our spiritual thirst. The One who is the source of eternal life. That's Jesus. Let's pray. Father, as the worship team comes forward, this morning we are reminded of how desperately we need You. And Father, we need to be in that state of desperation daily. We forget. We forget. And we drift. And so today, Father, for some of us, You're calling us home. You're calling us back to the table. You're calling us to Your heavenly bakery. You're calling us to encounter the One who is the bread of life, the manna of heaven, the source of eternal life, the One who forgives our sin and the One who gives us new life. Father, for some of us, that's a first-time commitment. For others, it's a return to what we know in our heart is true, but we've drifted away from. But Father, wherever we are today, where we sit, Father, we ask and we pray that in the power of Your Holy Spirit that we would be different because of our encounter with You. Lord Jesus, we sit at the table. Be the bread in our lives that satisfies our deepest hunger. We pray this and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.